Welcome to Faith Center Foursquare Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Now, we hope you enjoy this message. So this, uh, we've started a new series. This is the second week of it. It's called Come to the Table. And our uh, creative worship team has done such an amazing job on the graphics. Don't you love this? The bulletin. And it's, uh, it's got a table. It's called Come to the Table, and I'm preaching from a table. And it's the idea that we're all coming together. And I love that I'm on, like, this lower part of the stage, and we, I just get to feel closer to you guys. And we get to come together and study God's Word together and grow. When you see a table with food on it, what does it remind you of? Thanksgiving. Yeah. What else does it remind you of? Dinner, family, feast, yeah. Let's uh, let's run let's run with the the uh, the Thanksgiving theme, right? It's it's that one holiday where we we gather everyone around a table. That's scary, huh? <laughs> Anybody already nervous about what Thanksgiving is going to be like? Who's going to be there? What uh, you know, getting your your political stances all ready to go? Your, def- your defenses and offenses and, and uh, you know, word about what your mother-in-law is going to say or bring, and you, you're practicing your, it's so good. It's, a, it's, a, it's better than you made last year. No, 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 it was good last year. It's good this year. We have an opportunity to come around the table together and eat and just grow together, and, and this is a time, this series is about just being together and growing with one another and, and connecting. Romans, Romans 12, you might be familiar with it, but it says this, therefore I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. But we know those first two verses, and we're familiar with them, but what do the others say, the four or five after that, right? The Bible was, the Bible was actually written, and it's been a personal journey for me to realize that the Bible was written in like letter form and story form, right? It, it, was, it wasn't ever supposed to be in chunks. And we were only supposed to, uh, we were only supposed to memorize the parts or the, the, just the encouraging parts, right? We were supposed to know all of Scripture. And something that, we haven't, that we've given, given ourselves a, as a church a, a disadvantage is, is we've taught people how to like memorize and know the right verses, but we haven't done a good enough job on how to teach them how to, where to find the answers, how to actually go, go to Scripture and read it and process it and read it in its wholeness, read it how it was actually written. So when Paul was writing uh, Romans 3.23, he wasn't thinking, ah, oh, okay, I'm at Romans 3.23, I gotta write the 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 perfect verse here, right? This will get them. 
No, the Holy Spirit was speaking to him, and he was writing this whole scripture and in its wholeness. And so as, as I was reading this in my, in, my, in my devotions, in my study time, I realized that there's a whole chunk that's kind of broken up by a headline. There's a headline, Romans 12, 1 and 2, and then another headline, and then, and then 3 through 6. And as I read 3 through 6, I realized that they were connected. So let's read 3 through 6. It says this. If you're with me in, in, your, in your Bible, it's Romans 12, 3. It says this. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober discernment, as God has just distributed to each of you a measure of faith. For just as in one body we have many members, and not all the members serve the same function, so we who are men, many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members who belong to one another, and we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. So the first two verses is submit yourself to God and do not conform yourself to the world and the world's standards, but transform your mind unto God. Transform your mind and your will and, and like it is that personal, like you're taking time within yourself to submit to God every part, every aspect of your life. But then it continues, and Paul is giving us the why. Why are we doing that? So that we can be part of the church. So that we can contribute to God's church. So it doesn't just stop with, it, we can, it can become self-righteousness, and it can become just self-centered if we just stop at not conforming yourself. And you get the attitude of only God can judge me. Or if I do this, I can just, I'm doing it unto God. But this passage is saying, submit to God, transform your mind, and don't think highly of yourself. So it's actually, as you're submitting, you're actually taking on the spirit of humility so that you can better integrate into the body of God. So you can be open to the gifts and the grace that God wants to give you so that you can contribute better to God's family, God's church. And how many know if God gives you gifts and strengths, you also have weaknesses. So if you have weaknesses, are, this, are they the same as everyone else's weaknesses? Your weakness might be someone else's strength. So if you if you are alone, your strengths will only ever be your strengths and your weaknesses will only ever be your weaknesses. But if you are in the family of God, your, your strengths will, will be used for God and your weaknesses will be lifted up by others, covered, a covering, covered by others. So as I was thinking of this series... I think pastors get a lot of criticism. Are you tired of hearing how special you are? Right? I think that can be easy to be like, God made you for a purpose and a reason, and you're special. Yeah? 
Are you tired of that? Well, it's true, right? This passage says it. You were given gifts, and you were given a purpose. But don't boast in those gifts and purposes. Be humble in, in what God has given you and take them to the church. Take them to your life. Allow God to use them for his glory. So we are going to read together Luke 10, 38 through 42, and that's going to be our base text today. If you look at 9, verse 51, we see the opposition of Samaritans. We see the opposition from the Samaritans. When you look at context, when you, when you look at what's going on around in the Bible, that's why, I mean, I like how the Bible's broken up so you can find things a little easier. And then you can, like, see a headline and be like, oh, that is, that's an interesting part of Scripture. Let's read that. What's very interesting is the opposition of the Samaritans is when, when Jesus tried to go into Samaria and they rejected him and the disciples. They pushed him away. They rejected him. And then what was the headline right before the story we're about to read? So Jesus is rejected by Samaritans, but he puts a Samaritan right before the passage we're about to read in what? In a parable. And who's, who's the hero? The Samaritan. Isn't that interesting that, that God can sit, still see value in the people that reject him? And he can still see the value that they bring to the table. Very interesting. Because that would not be my reaction. Would it be yours? No. But it would be Jesus's. And we have to balance that every day, don't we? So let's read this together. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where... Oh, sorry, I, I did this again. I, I'm using a different translation for some reason. Um, I'm going to read this from here. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he said. But Martha was distracted with all the preparations she had to make, so she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the best part. It will not be taken from her. So as we're studying this together, this, uh, this happened pretty fast. Uh, Jesus was, obviously, we can obviously, um, we can assume that he's been traveling, looking, for, and he's tired. And the, the first part says, now as they went their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he said. So it went from they entered the village to Mary was sitting at his feet real quick. We don't have much more around that. So I need your help. Let's use our imaginations. What do you think happened kind of around it? I started us off by saying Jesus was probably hungry. Okay? What else do you have to add? 
Martha's trying to prepare him some dinner. All right, let's go a little bit before that. What, fill in the gaps. So Jesus entered the village, and, and Martha wanted to prepare him some dinner. What else is happening? Clean the house, right? Okay, so Jesus comes in, and what do you think he, he did? How do you think he found their house? It smelled, oh, okay, so she may maybe crockpotting something since 4 a.m., yeah? Uh, she greeted them, yeah, that's what the Bible says, greeted them. So, and according to our story, Jesus was hungry, and he smelled something good, and Martha greeted him, and then Martha was like, oh, no, oh, no, did my husband leave the toilet seat up again? Like what, or... Like, what's, what's going on here? Like, the, the house is, right? We, because we know, that, we know that Jesus, in, in Jewish culture, right, when someone came and knocked on your door and said, feed me, what did you do? You fed them. That was the standard. That was, that was what you were supposed to do in, in their culture. So, boom, Jesus knocks on the door and it's game on. They're, they just, they have to do it, right? And... What would, what would you do if Jesus knocked on the door? Just a minute, hold on. Right? And was Jesus alone? I mean, he just sent out like 72 disciples. And we know that he had 12 disciples. So we know that the people, his entourage was between the, between the number of 12 and 72. So who knows? So now they've welcomed him in. And right... And Martha says, Jesus, tell Mary to help me. And, oh wait, no, no, no. Verse 40, that's where I'm going to go right now. Verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted with all the preparations. Martha was distracted. Have you ever been there? Right? You just, when, when you have a chance to be at Jesus' feet, you're like, uh, that ha uh, honestly, that happens to me a lot. You know, you sit down, ready to do your devotion, and you're like, all the things just flood into your mind, right? Same concept of like you lay down to sleep, and then all of the things, your mind's like, okay, time to think about life, right? Sometimes when we find, sometimes our minds are so full that when we sit down and rest, our minds just awaken with all of the, the things we have to get up and do. And then we see that Martha goes to Jesus and now we have a conflict here. Mary is resting and Martha is working. We have two postures. We have two postures to Jesus. Two approaches to spending time with Jesus. We have, we have a resting posture and Mary has a moving posture, a doing posture. So, which one was the most active posture? What do you think? One's serving, one's worshiping? So they're both like worshipful postures. I like that. Do you like that? I like that too. And then we see that this is a very common thing. I feel like every time Jesus interacts with Mary and Martha, that Mary sits at his feet and Martha's doing something. 
And so we act, this is actually the first of three times we see Mary's posture with Jesus. The first time she is resting at his feet. The second time, who is Mary and Martha's brother? Lazarus. So she's mourning at his feet, pleading at his feet. And the third posture is, anybody know? The, do you remember the oil and the hair? She's worshiping at his feet. And we see those, those three postures that Mary takes. And I, th I think that's important and important for us to remember because in life, Jesus, like in the story, Jesus is, is telling Martha, Mary is choosing the better. And I, I believe what he's saying to Martha is, Jesus is saying, you can do this too. You can sit and rest at my feet. You can sit and mourn at my feet. And you can sit and worship at my feet. He's giving her the option. There's an openness to spending time with Jesus. So, let's get into the controversy here. Uh, so, tell me, who, do you, if you're Jesus, who are you going to side with? And don't give me the Christianese answer. Give me, like, if, if, if you had two kids and one was making you dinner and one was just hanging out with you, who would you side with? Martha? Why? Just who are you? So, yeah, you, 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 would, you would see someone like Martha's worshiping because moving, and, and that's, yeah, totally. Anyone else? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I'll, I'll repeat it. If, if Martha was at his feet too, then how would they eat? That's a good, we should ponder that. We should think about that. Good. Yes. Jesus could have done another, another miracle. Water into wine, maybe, but like, like, I don't know. Yeah, full-on dinner, full-on feast. Like, a, like turn the table literally into, I don't know, a pizza. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. Wow, okay, okay. So you're saying like sometimes our doing doesn't allow space for miracles to happen. Interesting, interesting. And I see both, right? But sometimes it's time to take action. Sometimes it's time to do stuff, right? Sometimes you just have to provide. I, I see that too. So we've got two. Yes. Right. Have you ever had a bad day and you've had to, even you've been like, I just need to wash the dishes and process. That's how I process, is by doing something with my hands or woodworking. So yeah, maybe, maybe that is, maybe you're a behind the scenes person and you enjoy doing that stuff and that's your form of worship and you, and you also get, you are able to sit at the feet of Jesus, sorry, you're able to sit at the feet of Jesus as you are doing those things and serving. Okay, that's good stuff. Say that again? Yeah, but what if there are times, right, that you're just exhausted and you feel like, you feel the pressure of like, well, if I really loved Jesus, I would be able to continue working. And I entered it, I actually hit a season of that. I actually cried out to God a while ago, and I was like, God, like, I don't, have you ever felt like you do so much, but you don't have much to show for it, or you just feel like you should be able to do more? And he audibly told me, he said, it's because you don't do it from rest. 
And if you, were, if you would actually take time to rest, you will actually be able to do more. And I'm like, you're wrong. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Watch me, God. You ever, do, you ever respond like that? All right, next question. Who do you identify with? Like, and I think some of you answered that way of like, like, okay, this is who you side with, but who do you like? Are you a Mary or are you a Martha? Martha. Martha, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of us were raised with that mentality, the work mentality, that you're validated, you're valid, you're valuable by what you do, not always by just who you are. And that's a hard, when you're raised with that and your culture tells you that, that you are what you do, it's very hard to get to a place to a place where you're just, you are valuable because of who you are, who God has created you to be. So, I think, I think we got there, we got exactly where we wanted to go, right? We're asking the question, what if both postures are not wrong? They are both, they are both present in the story so that we can see what balance is. And it is, this passage shows us what the balance is. The balance is Jesus. And Martha is doing the correct thing, right? She's, she's going to Jesus to find balance. And Jesus tells her how to find balance. He's saying, you can do this too. Martha, it's great that you're doing all this, and I appreciate it, but... There's also value in just resting and working from a place of rest. So, next question. Have you ever told God to tell someone else to do something? Oh, gosh. What are some of those things that you feel like you tell God constantly Tell them to do this. Yes. Quit smoking. Indoors or just in general? Was that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, bad habits, addictions. Yeah. Agree with me. Yeah. Lord, would you change their perspective because my perspective is the correct perspective. <laughs> Giving up control with adult children. And that is something ev that has been consistent through every service is releasing control for your children. And that's really, really hard. And trusting that God's got them and that maybe your dream for their life wasn't God's dream for their life. And even though they're struggling, God is showing you, yeah, you struggled too when you were their age, but I've got you. And I, th and I think that is something that, um, that he wants us to understand is that we are not the Holy Spirit, right? We are not, we are, we, if we, judge based on our own understanding, even sometimes our own understanding of Scripture. Because sometimes we can't get, of, get out of 
what we want Scripture to say. That's why I think it's so valuable to look at context around the Scriptures that we're reading. That's why we read the headlines. Because sometimes we pick out Scriptures to prove a point. But we want to jump into the story and actually experience what God is actually trying to show us. And that's why I can be so open with the questions I'm asking because I don't want to control what you get from Scripture. I want to guide and experience what, what God is showing you. And you've blessed me so much by that this morning. So this is really fun. So has God ever, have you ever been praying for someone or just grieved by the actions or what someone's doing and you prayed for them and God changed your mind? Yeah? Anybody have like a like an example or anything? Wow, that's so good. Sometimes we see can you say that again? I'm sorry. When we see a need or something in front of us and we see it, we, th- we think it's someone else's problem to take care of or our problem to take care of, but so maybe it's there for a purpose and for our hearts to adjust our, our mindset and how we approach those things. And God is showing us through that, those problems. That is so good because God is a real God and he cares about everyday life and he when problems come he wants to show us the God solutions and he wants to work on our heart because we know life something's going to come up right and it's once we take care of one problem three more sprout up right whack-a-mole I like it but God is building us and he's building our character through it and if we're going back to the, to the child example, sometimes all you can see is behavior, but you can't always see the heart. And if that's other people in your life too, friends, other family members, you, you see all the behavior, but you don't get to see the times they're crying out to Jesus. You don't know, if they're, you don't know exactly if they're kneeling at Jesus' feet in worship. Sometimes you don't get to see that. Sometimes you don't get to see when they're kneeling at Jesus' feet in mourning. And sometimes you don't see when they kneel at Jesus' feet and rest. The only thing that you can do is model it. So if you're modeling it, then I think your child will too or your whoever. So, as I close, if you read in John 12, you'll see that Jesus is at Mary and Martha's house again, and Martha does not complain once. So let's hear it from Martha. And I think it's something that we all can, and I can in, in my life too, this, uh, I can't preach something to you that I first haven't had to get hit with, right? Or process or understand, right? I must first experience it 
so that I can properly preach it. And, I, and I've had this combat. All right, one more sip of water for old time's sake. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm above water, so. We must be intentional about combating self-righteousness in our life. Mary judged Martha, Martha judged Mary, and Jesus was the balance. And we need to return to Jesus for balance. And we need to sit at Jesus' Jesus's feet. That's why Sunday is so important. That's why showing up on the weekend is so important so we can come together and experience Jesus together. We can worship with people who are worshiping. We can mourn with people who are mourning. And we can rest with people who are resting. And then we can go out and also daily in our personal time, right? We need to, like Romans 12 said, we need to always be transforming our mind, working on not being conformed to the world. And that is also, also means sitting at his feet daily. Whether you're a morning person or a night person, right? God's word doesn't expire. So if you read it at midnight, it'll carry you on through the day, Right? We get these mindsets of this is how, right? Find your way that you connect with Jesus and renew your mind daily. This is how I do it. I've got these study books and I read, his, I read scripture and I highlight it, underline it, circle it, and then I write about it. There's helpful prompts that get my mind working so I can, pro- don't read it. But... I'm just kidding, but it's just a, a great way to process and write out. Sometimes it says pray scripture, so I pray about the scripture, and it's just a, a, a thing that I get to do daily to sit at his feet. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this morning, and thank you for everyone here. You have... You have so many different gifts and a measure of grace that you've given us all. And I pray that we would interact with one another based on what you've called us to. May we use our strengths to support other people's weaknesses. And would we just seek to do not just for doing sake, but do from a love for you and our time with you. Lord, thank you that we have access to your rest, to your worship. Thank you that we have access to you. Lord, I I pray for the people that, that we're burdened for. It's not wrong to want change. It's not wrong to want healing. It's it's not wrong to be burdened by the by the choices that people are making that we can obviously are obviously see that are hurting them. Would you show us how to be loving to them, how to be there for them, how to reach them for you, and trust you with the rest. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. And Greg, come on up.